0: That's the captains to a brand spank a new episode of M Class Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm the worm inside of Josh speaking. Oh no. Josh has got a symbiont. I'm a symbiont. The worm wait, it's telling me something. Uh I Jeff, I love you. Oh no, the worm loves me. I don't know if we're allowed to love each other. I don't know, the rules on Trill seem to be pretty fucking esoteric. So. <laughs> They're like uh, Buddhism on fucking speed, apparently. No one can talk to anyone who used to be <laughs> to know each other. If you ever knew anybody, fuck them. You can't talk, talk. to them ever again. They're dead to you. <laughs> uh, this is M-Class Podcast, a fine little program where we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media and we pick it apart, pick the bones like the vultures we are. Oh, yeah, like a Mongolian funeral, uh, yes, did you ever see that? what are they called a uh, sky funeral? oh, yeah, sky, sky burial sky yeah. burial, yeah, that's terrifying. It's awesome you're already dead though, so it's fine. are you <laughs> uh most of the time, I think <laughs> like seventy five I want seventy five percent yeah. Uh, yeah. We uh, we also rate things on a, uh, a patented M-Class-only scale, the Cochrane to Catfish Warp Scale of Quality. Yeah, don't think about it too hard. Um, I w- <laughs> And I made a tweet about this, but I want to make an official statement on the podcast. Uh, this okay. is the first time my fickle nature has gotten the best of me when it comes to scoring an episode. I would like to rescind... My wow. 5 out of 5 score for The Outcast and uh, the TNG episode, Seasoned Whatever episode, blah, blah, blah. The Outcast. <laughs> uh, and rewarded instead with a 7 out of 10. because That's what I gave it. Yeah, you were right. Like I was like f- listening to clips from it to p- pick a clip to yeah. use as an advertisement. And I couldn't find one because it's a dour-ass episode. It's sad. Yeah. Uh, and like I was this. like, this is, the score I gave this is not reflecting how I'm talking about it whatsoever. Like, well, I'm talking about it in a way that's, like, very much, like, you need to take it of its time, it has, it was coming from a very genuine place of, like, trying to be accepting and open, Yeah, and it talks about, like, conversion therapies and the evils therein in a way that I don't remember any other TV show talking about at that time. Those are all, yeah. like, big pluses. 5 out of 5 means it's middle of the road. I can't give it that. So it's yeah, a 7 out of 5 to me. Well, like I said on Twitter, I already carved the score into your headstone, so we're going to have to get rid of that headstone now. Well, hopefully I don't die first. Your headstone, it says, uh, Your name, Jeff Queefmaster Pennington. <laughs> wow. Just like I always wanted. Gave the outcast uh, 5 out of 10 Very small wiener. (laughs) Totally real small wiener. (laughs) That's what I get for leaving Josh in charge of my tombstone. I just wanted pepperoni and cheese. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Now I gotta find a tombstone commercial. Uh, This episode is the um, third episode in Pizza Man's patented LGBTQ lection. Speaking of Tombstone, Pizza Man, huh? Oh, yeah. Pizza Man loved them pizzas. <laughs> Does he call them pizzas? I do. In my heart of hearts. <laughs> Did you ever go on a date with somebody and call it a pizza? And then they just immediately ended the date? No. You know what's funny is that there was such, like, contention at my college. Where everybody would, like, fake argue over whether it's called soda or pop. Yeah, it's called soda. but So okay. I started calling it Sody Pop. Yeah, and literally no one on Earth can be mad at that. It's so old timey and cute. No, but you're you're like the Switzerland of that. I am the Switzerland of that. It is called yeah. soda. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, if you call it pop, like get the fuck out. If you call it pop, that's fine. I mean, I wouldn't touch you, but if you call it pop, <laughs> I would swipe whatever on twinder Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> Yo, I just invented the greatest dating app, Twinder. Uh, That was such a grandpa thing to do. I'd swipe whatever way on Twinder. I don't know which way it is. I don't don't either. God, I'm so glad that I got married before all this uh, Like online dating became the absolute necessity. Yes, me too. Jesus Christ. We got married to each other, of course. No, we're uh we're talking about Deep Space Nine season four, episode six rejoined. Um aka the one where there's a lesbian kiss. There's some smooching going on. The smoochy uh, smoochy The story in this episode is a split between Ronald D. Moore and Renee Echivadia. Okay. And uh Mr. Echivadia um wrote uh, uh, fucking 18 episodes of TNG, 23 episodes of Deep Space Nine. Is that all? Uh, <laughs> including episodes like Iborg and Lower Decks, although he only worked on the teleplay for that. He doesn't work on the new show called Lower Decks, does he? No, not that this uh, convenient Memory Alpha article is telling me. No, he he doesn't draw Rick and Morty style. No, I, man, I've had to do that twice now. It's surreal since I don't really like watch Rick and Morty and I don't really have any interest in it. So it's very surreal to be. Rick drawing and Morty's. Style. I really like it. It's funny as hell. But... You would. But, uh, I can understand not. I can understand Shying Away. I, I've not watched it. I mean, like, I loved Community. It's by the same guy. Yeah, Rick and Morty's, like, it's, like, pretty good, but it's like South Park. Like, the people who like it will just ruin it for you. Well, that's, like, everything, really, with the yeah. advent of internet. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> Fandoms are all bad. News at 11. Except for us. We're no, the best. ours is the only good one. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, we're talking about the Star Trek, but we're the best. Um, this episode was directed by a little-known guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, Avery Brooks. Oh, yeah. That's why he gets, like, really good lines in this. Yeah, a.k.a. the emissary. Avery Brooks but, is the emissary. I'm not talking about think- Cisco. Do you think... Do you think, like, people in his life call him the emissary? I fucking totally would. I doubt it. I don't know if he would keep you around if he did that. No, I'd walk up to him and grab his ear like the, the Kai Winn does or Kai Opaka or whatever. Yeah, Opaka, yeah. And then I would just call him the emissary. He would love that shit. Yeah, he would definitely not mace you immediately. Nah. <laughs> he's too old. He, he He's 73 years old. He's pretty old. I think he could still take you, to be real honest with well, you. Well, I wouldn't hit him. He's like my pop-up. He would hit you, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah. He would but- uh, He would uppercut you fucking dragon punch like Street <laughs> Fighter, and you'd be down. <laughs> I would be in the hospital for six months rehabilitating. He can, he can do a dragon punch in real life. That's why they made him the captain on Star Trek. <laughs> That's why he can knock out a cue. It's true. Dragon punch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get into this episode. Um well actually there were since we do a little like beginning thing usually on the show anyway. Yeah, I had warm up. Uh, I had some uh, perhaps less than fun facts to share. Oh my god, how somewhat interesting. I know some people uh talk about this episode as if it was the first lesbian kiss on television, which is not true. Yeah, I've seen, before this, I was there was videos of that that I would watch on my television. Sure. <laughs> Inside of the blurry space of Channel 99. Sure. Um, the first, uh, um, this was released in 1995, rejoined. So mm-hmm. that's important to think about on the like timeline. Of, on our real timeline. On the real timeline that we're on right now. Because the R.A.T. L-A-L- the real ass timeline. <laughs> the rat. That we're the all rat. on right now, yeah, the rat race. Nineteen ninety-one is the first uh, lesbian kiss on television. It's L.A. Law, and I'm talking American television here. L.A. Uh, Law. Um, remember that show? No. I know <laughs> Cor- Corbin Burnson. You don't remember L.A. Law? Wow, that sounds like a real name. Corbin Burnson is in Star Trek. He's a Q. He's the oh, other he, Q. Yeah, he's he is. You're right. LA law, I've ca- I'll caps it so they know I'm serious. Anyway, let me get through this goddamn shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. you go ahead. 1991, LA lawyers first ever lesbian kiss. Uh, I just started playing a video. Sorry for that, everyone. Um, <laughs> when do you think the first like male on male kiss is? In I'm going to guess. American l- television history. I'm going to guess late, much later. You're right, but do you want to give two, that a number? 2006. It was 2000, actually, so it beat expectations if you're being very pessimistic. I was being otherwise, very pessimistic. Otherwise, it doesn't beat expectations at all. It's almost 10 years later. Yeah, I, uh, I would say that would be something that would happen later. Because, uh, you know, unfortunately, two women kissing... There's like am a uh, male fantasy factor, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. There's a reason why um, Rick Berman, noted piece yeah. of shit, allowed this <laughs> to be on television and wouldn't let a dude play, yeah, a, gen- a genderless society person. Yeah, that's yeah, that's uh it's, that makes it's so he sense. could he yeah. could touch his pee to it. <laughs> But don't let that devalue the episode, because the episode itself is an extremely heartfelt story that uh, doubles as a really great metaphor, but also is just genuinely, um, it pulls at the heartstrings, man. Yeah, Pizza Man, you picked a great collection, sorry, but um, these are sad. These are sad episodes for sad boys like me. And like I, I don't know. I kind of get why they have to be sad because like, uh, tragedy is. I'll just say it. Tragedy's more interesting <laughs> than than well, like they yeah. get together and they, but like also like they weren't gonna add her to the show. You know, like they no, have that to... would have been way too much for. Well, I yeah. don't know. Like Willow has had a, a girlfriend on Buffy like t- a year later, two years later. Yeah yeah anyway. but but that's I don't know that kind of fits with that shit you well that know. show was like sort of trying to push the envelope anyway like in a way that yeah. unfortunately Star trek at the time was not when it comes to gender politics or um uh like l g b t q representation yeah yeah uh what is it what is this show <laughs> Sabrina? <laughs> Out. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. What is the sh- Buffy? God damn yeah, it! Buffy. I, wow, I have fucking... just mentioned that like two I have a yeah. poster of it in my office. <laughs> I have a Buffy the the movie poster. I have, but yeah, I guess I'm an idiot. Yeah, like that was for like like younger audiences, and they're always um the first to kind of like. Dip their oh, yeah, toes they're into this they're stuff. a little bit more open to accepting yeah. that kind of thing than somebody who's already, you know, rooted into their prejudices. Yeah, somebody <laughs> somebody I, who, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'll give this episode props because it is written in such a way that it could have fully buried the gaze. Yeah. Which television still kinda does to this day. Yeah. And it doesn't. That's pretty fucking cool for no, nineteen ninety five. Uh yeah, this episode's really good <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it is it's, it's really good the acting is extremely well done like everyone in this episode <clears throat> i think the the weakest part is quark obviously Qu- uh, quark being a complete moron at the beginning a, of the episodes <laughs> he's a moron the whole time but that kind of makes sense, because Quark's kind of a misogynistic idiot, right? Yeah. He's he's sort of the weird little lens into the modern day that, like, Star Trek yeah. can push against and show, look how fucking silly this guy is. Yeah, he's the caricature of greed and capitalist greed and, yeah. Yep. And male uh, chauvinism, too. Yeah, absolutely. He's a pig dog. <laughs> capitalist pig dog. Capitalist male pig dog. So the episode begins with uh, Dax doing magic tricks in front of Bashir and Quark, and Bashir's getting a fucking kick out of her, right? Yeah, because he's a dork, and only dorks like magic. He he says that even yes. later in the episode. Yes. In at he, this moment he's like, uh, of course, the the introverted, like book smart. Yeah, shy person doesn't have self confidence. Yeah, learned magic, and he's like nerd glasses. Don't, Glass don't pay wearing. any attention that I also love magic. D and D playing, <laughs> fully virginal, never touched a titty in his life. Here, here lies Emini Dax. He never scored. <laughs> is it Emoni or, or no? T- 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 it's, t- t- I forget t- which t- one t- did the magic because I don't think it was either Tyrion or Emoni. Emoni's like a lady, I believe. This whole yeah, this whole setup though is to be like remember Dax has the worm in her and it lives lives in other people. That's this yeah. whole setup, right? But, Just in um, case you forgot or this is your first time watching Star Trek Deep Space 9. <laughs> well, I mean that was so true at the time, right? Like this absolutely. was probably somebody's first episode absolutely. and they were like, "Man, this episode, is, this show is hot." <laughs> Cuz it was 95. <laughs> This show is all that in a bag of chips. That's what they would say back then. Come on and slam, and welcome to the jam. Um. <laughs> not. Not. Never not. Remember, was I? <laughs> that was, oh my god. That was like 2000s. That was, yeah, a little bit later. Anyway, uh, I do love that she's like, oh, your head's so full of latinum, you can't understand magic. And she pulls it out from behind his ear and he's so fucking offended. <laughs> does she peck pocket it from him? or does It he seems just take like the it because he does just take it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's not your latinum, dude. <laughs> uh, but Cisco calls her away. It's like a very important meeting. Dax, report to the principal's office. (laughs) And they're all like, ooh. (laughs) Uh, We learn that a Trill science team is coming aboard, and they're trying to create an artificial wormhole. Oh, cool. That always works out well. Seems extremely dangerous and unnecessary next to this giant wormhole, but whatever. What if we had two wormholes? <laughs> I'm sick of this one wormhole bullshit. I want my own goddamn wormhole. <laughs> I'm sick of sharing it. Let's get one that's just Starfleet's. I bet that was it. <laughs> one with hookers and blackjack. You know what? Forget the wormhole. <laughs> uh, the leader of the team is Lenara Khan. Yeah, not to be uh, confused with uh, Khan Khan. <laughs> or Sheer Khan. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah. But um, Cisco's like cagey about it. He's like, you know, uh, you have three months of leave. You should take advantage of it. You should like take off, go on a vacation. Yeah, go to Ryza and get borked. Get get quarked. <laughs> get florked. That's what Quark said. He was outside the door. He was like, yeah, let's go get Quarked. <laughs> it's never going to catch on, Quark. <laughs> but Dax is like, no, nah, I can handle it. I'm a big girl. I've never let the past lives of the Dax symbiont interfere yeah. with my job. And you're like, uh-oh. What's going on? Uh-oh. Uh, Dax, also appearing in this episode, Worf and Kira are all standing uh, at the loading bay. The docking ring. The docking ring, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on, Jeff. You don't have the Look, schematics up for Deep Space Nine right now? Just take away my nerd card and maybe I could finally get some titty is all this I'm saying. This fucking man. guy called the docking ring the loading bay. Can you fucking believe that shit? <laughs> <laughs> the schoolyard bullying will not stand. <laughs> Meet me out by the flagpole, buddy. Three o'clock high. I'll fucking dragon punch you to death. I got dragon punch already. I'm immune to it now. <laughs> That's definitely how it works. Dude, diminishing returns. <laughs> diminishing ass returns. I'll fucking flash kick you. <laughs> Dude, fucking back, back, forward, forward, start your ass. That's how uh, you pause the game? <laughs> Isn't that the Sonya fatality? I forget, kiss of death. Maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember fatalities worth a shit, because they were all unnecessarily complicated. They would get ridiculous at points, and you were like, this is... Like, you had to stand, like, at a certain... It's crazy, stupid. I just love that, like, Street Fighter was like, all right, here's the way to do special moves. You just have to press directions in a row and a button. Yeah. And then Mortal Kombat was like, no, 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 no. There's downs and ups. You and... have to press directions that aren't near each other. In a row, really fast, dude. And you have to write it down in your notebook. Somewhere there's a notebook that has every fatality written in it, and a map of Metroid for NES. Damn, that's like an ancient tome. That's like they're gonna find that in like ten thousand years and be like, "What is this cuneiform? What does it mean? It seems as if they he worshipped some Super Mario." (laughs) Who is this Mario? Why I mean, was, what made him so super to these ancient beings? <laughs> He's the god of plumbing. <laughs> a strange choice to be the main god of a religion. These people must have pissed and shit a lot. They worship the plumbing god. It's true. We do piss and shit a lot. Hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, they, on the fucking docking ring or whatever... <laughs> They greet uh, a doctor. They greet they greet like three doctors. Uncle Frowny Face, <laughs> Doctor Hanor Pren, yeah, and, and the, Madass Dad Doctor Dad Brother dad. is there as well. <laughs> Uncle Bajon Dad Author, <laughs> yeah, Dad and, Brother. Uh, it took me a second to like. I was like, why do the siblings have different last names? And then I was like, the last name is the name of the symbiont. The symbiont, Stephen. Khan, yeah, and Doctor Lenara Khan. Yeah. And, uh... Dr. Milfy McMilferson. She's hot as fuck, I'm not gonna lie. It's the eyes. And, uh... During this scene in particular, this is neither here nor there, and has nothing to do with this episode, uh, Kira looking fine as fuck in this, ep- in this She's smiling. Episode. She's like... Like a bright fireball of cuteness. Yeah, she's she's got it going on in this scene, and many a scene later. But, anyway. This, yeah, in this one, though... Mm. Uh, stealing the spotlight, being so hot. Yep. Uh, but Dax and Khan greet each other, and they're like, "Oh, it's a long time. It's been a long time." And they like split ways, and there's this obvious tension between them. Yeah. And Kira's like, "Oh, did did you know her?" And he's and Dax is like, "Yeah, she used to be my wife." And Kira goes, "Spit takes." <laughs> 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 she wasn't even drinking anything. <laughs> She spit takes and then she pulls a drink out of nowhere and takes <laughs> she, another drink and then she, spit takes again. <laughs> she pulls up, like, a Starfleet, like, logoed, like, coffee mug. <laughs> she, go, she spits it all out and she goes, pardon me one moment. <laughs> Damn, that's why this episode's good. <laughs> spit uh, I had an idea for a uh, episode already, but maybe that'll be it. I don't Maybe know. that'll be it. Nah, I think I'll stick with my other idea. It's gonna be us kissing. We got it. well. No, it won't be us kissing. That's Why? a little disrespectful. I would kiss you. I don't care. Yeah, that'd be fine. But it wouldn't be all sexy and passionate like this one. Why not? Or would it? What do you think I am? Some kind of bad kisser? Yeah, what I are think you think saying you're right now? Cold fish, motherfucker. How about I'll that? Fucking cold fish, your ass. Okay. Why are we doing this podcast? Let's stop and just have fun. It's true. It's true. Jesus Christ. Anyway. (laughs) Back in Quarks, Kira and Bashir are trying to explain to Quark that ladies can have sex with ladies. Yeah, Quark's like, Well, well, then she's Dax's wife. Where's the where's the penis? And Kira's like, Nah, man, it's like kind of more complicated. And he's like, I don't think so, because I got stupid brain. Yeah, Dax's previous host, Tarius, was married to Khan's previous host, Nalani. Tarius, as we all know, was killed in a shuttle accident, like a fucking dum-dum, And yeah. Nalani became a widow. I do like how like later they expand on the shuttle part. I think that's really smart how they do it. Here's my problem. Oh, pff, okay. <laughs> Here's my problem with this whole situation. <laughs> sure. Tarius dies in a shuttle accident. Yeah. Then the Dax symbiont is passed on to Curzon. Uh, is it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, well Nala- Nalani dies and the con symbiont gets passed directly to Lenara, who c- can't be older than like maybe 40. Well, she- well, yeah, cuz she lives longer she lives longer. Sure, but Carzon's like old as fuck when he dies. Yeah, I I think the timing could work. Do it, do it for me, math boy. What's this? How's well, the timing I, work out? Because okay, so let's assume they're both the same age. Let's assume they're like thirty, right? Yeah, but I think. T- at this point, Dax is supposed to be thirty. No, no, I'm going to be more specific. Taraius and Lanani are thirty when they're married. Lenani, whatever. This motherfucker called her Lanani. Can you believe that L- shit? L- I'm going to call her Lanani for the rest of the episode. So, Tarius and Lanani. Don't do this. She, they... <laughs> that was so real. I didn't God, make a we, to sound that real. We are married. Holy shit. <laughs> Don't do this here. Please, not in front of the not, guests. We have company. They're Okay, so they're 30, right? And, sure. and Tarius dies in the shuttle accident. Uh-huh. And let's assume... Uh, Curzon's also 30. Fuck it, right? So, sure. So Dax goes to Curzon, and well, then... If, if Curzon's also 30, he's really late getting the Trill Symbion. I can believe that, though. Maybe. And, yeah. Because it's usually, like, in your like 18 to 20-something like, yeah. is when you get it. But, like, the... um. So maybe he's late, but that lines up perfectly then. Because then Nalani and Curzon die at like the same age the or same whatever. The same age, yeah. And they get switched over to... Yeah. That works out. I did the I'll math. I'll believe that. <laughs> it's bullshit, but I believe it. I did the bullshit math for you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad I grinded the episode to a halt and made you do that. Yes, that's never happened before. We usually are very on topic. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Kira's like, why can't Dyson Khan just you know pick up where they left off? But Bashir, who knows everything about everything, is yeah. like, it's a, it's a taboo of the Trill society to acknowledge their past lives in any way. If they uh, rekindle any type of relationship from the past, it's called reassociation, and it's unnatural because you know the Trill are supposed. The whole idea of the Trill symbiont is it's supposed to get new experiences as it goes along. It doesn't seem the punishment here doesn't seem to fit the crime. It it doesn't at all. For a enlightened society that's part of the Federation, you get exiled from Trill society, and the symbiote dies. Yeah, they they had to make it. Impactful, right? Oh, yeah, I understand. You know why, yeah. Yeah, I understand the metaphor here exactly. Right. This is the metaphor. You're exiled from society for your unnatural love. Yes. Quote unquote. Yes. But the fact that it's two women this time is far less cowardly than having a lady play the character in The Outcast. (laughs) You're right, though. Like, it doesn't make sense because, like, it's How like would some, you get into the Federation with that role, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Also, like, it's some weird like Jedi Buddhist shit. But it's like, w- what? Like, nobody cares about like if you like fall, refall in yeah. love. Like, nobody like, gives a fuck. Like, I definitely <laughs> understand the metaphor, and I'm glad that uh, I have no problem with this existing. Like, there are parts of like Vulcan mythology that get added that I'm like, well, that's stupid. Yeah. And I wish it wasn't added, but I don't really have any problem with this one because it serves a really great episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, not every society is perfect, even in no. in this time period. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, even the utopian society of Earth has its detractors. You yeah, know? yeah. It has its uh, admirals. It has its <laughs> admirals, and they changed Taco Tuesday to Burrito Tuesday, which doesn't even make any sense. That doesn't even... There's no alliteration there. Yeah. They should have saved that for Burrito Booze Day. (laughs) Which is Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) They added added Booze Day after Sunday because we needed an extra day off. (laughs) It It really is a utopia. (laughs) No Day Work Week? Oh my god, yes. Uh... (laughs) They they had they throw this big um, welcome reception for the trill scientists, and Dax is there. But she's can we call v- it what it is a fucking nerd party? It is a party for Dweebuses. You're correct. And Worf and Kira get invited to the Dweebus party, and they're like, "Let's ditch. Let's go to the frat party." <laughs> <laughs> I hear Lambda Alpha Omega are having a party right now. I hear Delta Iota Kappa. Is that... <laughs> I stole that from a, a a visual novel video game that you now know that I know exists. Well, somebody <laughs> listening to this is pointing at the screen like 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 Leonardo DiCaprio like Leonardo DiCaprio like yeah. I know that. Yeah, it's a reference that like maybe three people will ever know. I, I don't get it, so I can't help anybody out there. <laughs> but yeah, they throw a nerd party for the Trill scientists, and um, Dax is definitely avoiding Khan throughout this party, and is visibly uncomfortable this the entire hit, time. This hit real close to home for me, I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah, This yeah, absolutely. This, anyone who's ever been in this situation at this part is like, oh boy, this is extremely real. Anybody who's been to a party that their ex is at yes. has felt this deeply, especially if they still maybe have some feelings for that ex. Yeah, perha- perhaps, they're, yeah, there's, dude, they're, I was like, my God, this is really good. Yeah, how real is, can real get on yeah, television? It's, yeah, it's, yep. But Khan <laughs> comes up and, and they... Goes, <laughs> <laughs> I got it out, I got it out of the way. There we go. Yeah, of the way. that's the, nobody else is ever going to make that joke about no. this. <laughs> no. Got it out of the way. But That's um, what she says when she comes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, they, they they have this, like, awkward little conversation, but they notice that everybody in the room is kind of, like, looking at them weirdly. Yeah. Because Con- everybody knows at this point. Yeah, Dr. Khan's like, we should put on a show for them because we have an audience, right? Yeah, let's get into a screaming match. Yeah. And then Khan's like, well, maybe we should just throw ourselves at each other and profess we- our love yeah. and destroy all Trill society. Yeah, which is really, really good. That's a really... Dude. At this point, it's like you know where it's headed you're, it's like a you're runaway train of emotion yeah you're it, it's there's no stopping it yep and con says you know we're both mature adults we're capable of handling the situation and working together correct and dax is like yeah of course and they go their separate ways but there's this longing glance between them that tells you everything you need to know about yeah. where they're actually at emotionally yeah this episode i will say much much better and clearer than the outcast when it comes to like, Oh, I know that these people love each other. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Like, well, that's the thing is like this episode has a leg up because, you know, they, they were married in a previous lifetime, right? right? Like they, are uh, they're already harboring feelings of like people who like genuinely love each other to the point of marriage. Right. It, mu- it must, it must've been harder to write the beginning of a relationship and make it seem important enough for the yeah. stakes to be high in the outcast. Yeah, and, and like, you're only seeing Riker and, uh, I forget their names. Soren. Soren yeah, Soren. like... Yeah. Their dates consist of sitting on a shuttlecraft talking. Like, it's not yeah. the same as, like, you know... I think they did, uh... I mentioned this in the episode, I think they do a pretty good job of making their courtship seem... Natural. Realistic, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I can understand why they fall for each other because of their interactions. It doesn't right. just come out of nowhere for no reason. For sure, it's 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 well done. But this, I, I, you feel this you like feel in this, your yeah. heart yeah. while you're watching it. Yeah, it's 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 like hard to watch honestly because it's yeah. like. I want to specify why it's hard to watch, because it's... Because homophobia. Because I'm a super homophobe, yeah. Uh, Someone's, like, clipping that right now. Uh, I'm a super homophobe. I'm a super homophobe. (laughs) (laughs) I got it on Talkboy. Oh, shit. Hi, kids, we're homophobe early. (laughs) Ah, Fuck, that was good. (laughs) That was so instant, too. I'm impressed. Thank you. I get paid the big bucks. <laughs> it's true. I sent you your twenty dollars split of our Patreon, by the way. Hey, just don't fire me. All right. We'll see. <laughs> now you were saying though. Yeah, it, it it's. I think it's universal, right? Like everybody can feel like anyone who's ever been in love can feel like okay, like it, it's really well done, man. Like the two the two actors. Uh, whoever Khan is played by I don't know her name and uh, uh, Terry Farrell are like incredible in this episode oh absolutely I don't know her name I haven't looked it I'm, up I'm definitely not looking it up I just know off the top of my head Susanna Thompson wow you're like a wealth of information I know I definitely knew the difference between the docking ring and the thing or whatever earlier too I was just testing you that's why you get two thirds more money than I do <laughs> That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody at home, that's not true. That's not true. No. no. Maybe that- we'll be after this episode. <laughs> Jerk. No, um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, let's take a quick break to figure out whether Josh is going to be on the show anymore or not afterwards. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Nope. Any last words? Nope. What do you want on your tombstone? Pepperoni and cheese. Time for Tombstone Pizza. Made with the good stuff. Real pepperoni. Real cheese. So it's always real good. What do you want on your tombstone? Just a little taste. Nope. Thanks for Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed that great Tombstone Pizza commercial. Now you have to do it. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Uh, Josh is going to stay on the show. Um, oh, thank God. During the break, which ended up being like 35 minutes, uh, I we started talking about Girl Scout cookies. And Josh yeah. demanded that we move this conversation onto the show, so there will be a, a short intermission where we talk about Girl Scout cookies for you a second. You were saying that there is you have scientific proof I do of the best girl scout food. I do have scientific proof I would love the best to girl know. scout cookie is the samoa okay yeah and They're the scientific proof that I have is that I hate coconut oh I love coconut I hate it and you samoa like- is still my favorite girl scout cookie by a country mile I'll eat all of them so they I think this year they they have retired the Samoa for this year. I'll kill every girl scout. Put that now on records. Have... <laughs> <laughs> now they have a different coconut one though with caramel and chocolate and it's very good also. I'll I forget it. the name of it. But like that feels like scientific evidence for me, right? Like I can't stand coconut in any other form, but Samoas are so good that it breaks through that barrier and well, they become I mean, my favorite cookie. It's correlation. I don't know if it's ca- causation. <laughs> You're not the, like, the absence I, of evidence is not the evidence of absence, Josh. Look, you go to war with the Girl Scouts you have. All right, it's true. Not the Girl Scouts you want. Wow. Uh, that's if a... you if you disagree with my Girl Scout cookie choice, you can send in an email to mclassemail at putthatshitinyourrecyclingbin.com. Damn, uh, I think the best one is the peanut butter ones. Those but are really good. You could eat literally like a whole box you of those. You can't. Them. I mean, I'll die, but I can do it. <laughs> I could do it and then die. <laughs> if I take a nice little pill, I could eat a whole box of them. If you do? Yeah. Is there dairy in them? Peanut butter? Yeah. Is that chocolate? Milk chocolate. Oh, milk chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're both kind of not able to eat chocolate. Not really. <laughs> Well, I can eat it, just... Actually, chocolate doesn't mess me up. Sometimes like, peanut butter does. If I go crazy on some peanut butter, it'll fuck my stomach up. Well, I mean, I think that's true of anybody. If you go crazy on peanut butter, that's gonna gum up the works a little. It's Yeah, it feels like you got mud butt. <laughs> oh, every day. Oh, you mean when you do peanut butter. Okay. <laughs> it's just random, though. It's just it's a random shit. Yeah, like, here's the, here's the fucked up thing, right? You know those little Debbie snack cakes? Yeah like the heart valentine one will uh-huh. fuck my world up if i eat one that's weird even if i take a pill half the time it'll fuck my world up if i take a lactaid pill but i can just eat chocolate <laughs> i can just eat chocolate and be fine i don't even need to take the pill most of the time you should go to england their chocolate is so much better when we went there and we we like went to a grocery store and just bought like all this candy cuz like they have different shit that we have that's oh yeah and and it's so good. It's it's like American chocolate sucks. Well, there's no it's, quality control of American no. chocolate. No. It's like there's a like cardboard in yeah, it. A like fucking styrofoam absolutely. in it. You can just sell sawdust <laughs> with brown coating on it to children. That's it's fine. It's like the scrapple of candy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking horse hair in it and shit. That's fine. Do you like scrapple? I hate scrapple. Uh, scrapple's okay. Like um, I'm, here's the thing, I've never had Scrapple Scrapple, but I gotta imagine it's somewhat like Spam. Oh, it's not. It's way it's worse. Not. It's uh, disgusting. I actually really like Spam. Spam's good. Yeah, like, spam. You fry up some Spam, I'll eat that shit any day. Here in uh, Pennsylvania, East, Eastern PA, and New Jersey mostly, we have pork roll. Have you ever had pork roll? I have not had pork roll. It's like Spam, but like in a, in like a hamburger shape. Oh, well like... What I love to do with spam is like I—I I haven't done it in so long, but I'll cook up some rice, and I'll cook yeah. up some spam, and I'll do some soy sauce. You're doing teriyaki some Polynesian, mix. son. Oh man, so that's fucking like some good. Hawaii shit. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. They love spam in Hawaii. They do. It's weird. I don't know why. I guess the war I knows? know probably we like shipped a bunch of spam over there and they're like here you eat the bottom of the horse and they were like actually this is pretty good and then we were like oh shit this fuck. is I actually like, bent, this backfired on us fuck anyway back to the episode <laughs> it's a very important episode uh, the defiant is being used to create this artificial wormhole through subspace ten- tensor matrices and magneton pulses and space time continuums and whatnot. At the party, the science guys are like, Commander Worf, you're commanding the vessel. Are you excited about it? He's he's like, absolutely not. He's like, let me sit here awkwardly for five seconds and think of a diplomatic answer to say, I am looking forward to it. And then everyone's like, I don't think he wants I, to I, do the science. I think you're full of shit, Worf. Yeah, and then he's like, "Well, perhaps it's best that you don't know." Yeah, they're like talking about like uh, Captain Doctor Khan is like, um, "Maybe it's like not like what Klingons dream about." And Kira's is like, "What do Klingons dream about? War?" <laughs> perhaps it's best you don't know. He's like, "It would <laughs> you'd wake up in a cold sweat." You, Th- this is some classic Warf shit that you don't get a lot yeah. of in Deep Space Nine. They so should just it. have they should just have him be this the whole time. Like, this is the way he should be always on this show. Instead of instead of being his like whiny fucking like wet blanket, wet blanket toxic masculine bullshit. Right? Like, why isn't he just like fuck it? I'm Warf. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, you know. why isn't he t- the same character as the TNG Warf, yeah. damn it. It's like he gets the red the red on and he's like, I suck dicks now. I'm yeah. on my way to being an admiral. <laughs> he is going to be an admiral. He already tried to blow up a fucking planet, so. <laughs> he tried not just a planet, the fucking vacation planet. Yeah, he hates vacation so much. Like, you thought Picard hated vacation? Nah, wait until Warf gets there. When Captain Picard was here, he fucked a woman. I'm going to fuck every woman. And by that I mean fuck this planet. <laughs> He's like a fuck fucking the super war of the planet. Yeah, he was a supervillain for sure. Damn dude. dude. But uh Dax and Khan get uh, left alone on the bridge. Uh oh. And Khan's like, Oh, I've discovered a few problems. Dax's like, Oh well don't panic uh-oh. And Khan is like, I'm not panicking. You always say I'm panicking. I like that they have uh, the interplay between like them using the wrong, I guess, I guess pronouns, right? Yeah. They they're using the wrong like I and like per, like second person or whatever because she keeps correcting herself, like I I mean, L- Elani said this, and Tarius was always you know saying that she was being ridiculous, and it's it's interesting that they're, like, it, confusing they're, them. They're so... The lives that they're leading are so intertwined that, like, what's the difference between one of them saying, you know, the other and not, you know? Yeah, like, isn't that the point of the symbiote, too, also? Is to, like... I, I don't know, like, to to those lines are blurred because of the symbiote. Why? Like, why, again, like, why is it a taboo? I know, we should put it to rest because we know why yeah, it is. Yeah, we, we know metaphor. that it's in the service of the story. It right. doesn't make much logical sense, but then again, like, a lot of taboos don't make much logical sense. Yeah, why can't I fuck my stepmom? Uh, well, I've got a website for you to check I've got out. every website for you. <laughs> every porn site. It's called everyporn.com. But, um, apparent Dax is like, you know, Tarius was insensitive. He could be insensitive at times, but you know, Nilani could overreact sometimes, and they it's have a little chuckle, super passive aggressive. <laughs> it, it, well, first off, Khan's like kind of pissed about it. yeah, she's she's, she's like, look, Tarius being a pilot made Nilani nervous. yeah. And they're like, you know, we're having a lot of trouble separating our feelings from our past lives. It's it's sort of like blending together for them. Yeah. And there's, like, there's this great moment where, like, could you imagine knowing how you died and wanting to apologize to someone for not listening to them for that long? That's where this episode turns incredible. Yeah. At that point, I was like, wow, that's... Like, I don't... It's tragic and it's sad, but it's also, like like not sad and it's beautiful right it's it's yeah, very absolutely it's it's like this cauldron of emotions and i you know just dax telling khan like hey uh you weren't overreacting right like no like it, it was Tarius's fault that he yeah. went up in that unsafe shuttle and he should have listened Listened. to Nelani, and and Taraius just wanted her to know that he was sorry. And you finally get that moment where you can unload that, and you can, like, that connection between these two people is so unbelievably strengthened in that moment as well. If you went through that with somebody, like, in real life, like, you would fall in love with them immediately again. Like, the the floodgates are open at this point, right? Sure. That's, like, I don't care. You could be a Vulcan, and you're still going to feel that shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Absolutely. And those green-blooded Hobgoblins, man, they all don't... right. Well, let's not, uh, let's not go full Trek bigot halfway through the show here. Freaking dust breathers. <laughs> Whoa. Um, Stupid no-moon heaven. Look, you're sounding like a real Spoonhead over here, is all <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but I do love that Dax is so caught up in this, this emotion that she's like do you want to go to dinner and Khan's yeah. like what and she's like uh, with with me and my friends she shoots I'm going to dinner with my friends here. she's like throw it up there let's see what happens Yeah. and uh, she's like oh I don't want to interrupt you and your friends he's like oh no it's not my a bunch of friends it's just me and uh, Bashir she looks around, the ro- <laughs> looks around the room and sees da- uh, Khan's framed photo of Bashir <laughs> She sees a picture of uh, Donald Bashir, the uh, hockey player from the Flyers, <laughs> and she looks over and sees <laughs> a, a cartridge for Dr. Mario, D- uh, Dr. Bashir, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but um, she's like, yeah, uh, if it's just the three of us, that sounds fine, I'll meet you at Quark's, yeah. and Dax goes, Yes! And yes. Fist pumps. It looks at the camera and winks. And it starts playing. I'm alright. Right. Nobody exile me. me. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it cuts immediately to uh, Dax asking Bashir, like begging him to go out. Yeah, you Bashir's know. like, "Look, I have problems. You know, I, I had yeah. like plans already. Like, I can't make it." And Dax is like, please, please. Please, let's talk to Bashir. He's like, ah, you know, I'm not gonna be able to say no. And she's like, great, see you later. I owe you one. And gives You're him like a man. little kissy on the face. And Bashir yeah. is like, I can't believe I'm gonna help the girl I'm into get laid. Yeah, he's a good guy though. That's 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 a true bro right yeah. there. Yeah, it's the unfortunate pitfall of every true bro. That's the nice guy syndrome, right? Uh, Bashir is like falling asleep at the table while Con and Dax are, like, <laughs> talking about their entire lives together. Dude, he's hamming it up, though, with how bored he is. Like, he's, like, ugh. looking at his tortellini, like, ugh. Ugh. so boring. He's not even ugh. enjoying the food. Like, get some fucking synthahol, bro. <laughs> Just do something, man. You gotta quit make your own fun in this world, right? Like, quit being such a fucking bitch about it. Turns out Ensign Tyler's broken his fucking leg again. So Bashir gets called off to the infirmary. I like how he's like, uh, the nurse is about to say like, it's not a big deal. We're handling it. And he's like, I will be right there. I'll be right there. Bye bye. He's like, "Well, boy, I gotta go do doctor stuff. (laughs) Ensign Tyler reminded me very heavily of the... The star of Trek Your Own Trek Venture, Ensign Ricky. Ensign Ricky, and Ensign his brother Ensign Tyler. <laughs> Ensign Tyler and Ensign Ricky. I wonder what <laughs> uh, what further adventures Ensign Ricky is going to get up to oh, man. Up I, in space. I, I don't know. This sounds like foreshadowing to me, but I what do mm, I know? What do I know about what might or might not show up at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast in the next month or so? <laughs> What do I know about that? What do I know of such things? Uh But left alone, um, Khan's like, you know, Bashir's a really good friend listening to us trade stories and not complaining. And Dax is like, oh, I think he enjoyed it. And Khan's like, uh, Uh, you dumb as hell. (laughs) But um, Khan's like, I got this pair of Klingon earrings that I got from being dope or on some Klingons. I think you should have them. I, st- I remember watching this when I was a kid, and I still think the same thing every time I watch it now, and she's like, oh, he tried to give me one of their swords, and I was like, take the sword! Yeah, exactly, <laughs> why don't you take the sword? <laughs> Fucking batlet! fuck yeah, dude! But I guess they could just, like, make one if they wanted one, right? Like, Yeah, but it wouldn't be as cool if no. a Klingon gave it to you. Yeah, that's a story, right? That's, yeah. I would never also, take it off. Isn't it disrespectful not to take the sword from a Klingon? Yeah, would, it definitely would be. I'd be like, yeah, you got any more of these fucking swords? What about those clicky daggers? You got one of those? Like, If I had a batleth as a Starfleet officer, I would be wearing it on my back like cloud fucking strife every day. I just, <laughs> everywhere I went. You'd have to, dude, it would be a pain. You'd have to, like, climb into a Jeffrey tube. you have to take it off. Like, it's... Click, 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 click. I'm, ah, I'm stuck in the tube. I, take the I take sword a... off. I take a swift turn and I behead Nog on the promenade. Oh, no. Bashir, get up here. We can grow his leg back, but we can't grow his head back. Just reattach it. Just sew it back on. Put it on backwards like 3PO. <laughs> That'd be funny. Idiot. <laughs> uh, they they set up the Defiant for the test using, I don't know, laser beams or whatever. Yeah, they do shoot science at space and stuff. I don't know. Before this, Dr. Prin a.k.a. Dr. Prick, he yeah. sees the two of them at the table exchanging gifts and holding hands, and he's like, hmm, Ted, like, ooh. This fucking guy, like, this fucking piece of shit, who the fuck spies on people when they're eating dinner? Like, what a piece of shit. He runs off to her brother, and he's like, Dr. Otner, they were almost touching fingers. Blah, blah. Yeah, and, and then, really in his pants, he's getting a raging trill bone. Yeah. He's getting a spotted bone or some spotted dick. <laughs> I, I like to imagine that the trill spots like go in like a swirl around, around the, the dick. dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess for some it might, right? That sounds great. But uh, Dr. Otner's like, look, can we just fucking do this experiment, you weird ass voyeur? Like, can yeah, we? Yeah. they're he's just like, Why friends. Why are you telling me this? Why are you te- Yeah. He's I don't want to re- hear about it. He is concerned. Like, well, let's not give him too much credit. He isn't. Yeah, he is. But he's, he's, he just doesn't want to hear about it, is yeah. the thing. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind, right? And as they open up the wormhole for 23.4 seconds, which is a new world record for wormhole. Long enough for me, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Do you want to expand upon that? <laughs> it's I'm going to expand that wormhole, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Look, I love space anomalies, all right? It's my fetish. Twenty-three point four seconds for Josh Henderson, a new world record. (laughs) That's like Superman level, man. Oh, (laughs) oh no, oh god. Uh, but Dax and Khan like hug each other, and like Uh, Otner is like, I don't know about that. He looks over at the brother, right, and he's like, See. See what I said? <laughs> I was saying, yeah. I gotta go to my bunk. No reason. Bye. But, Don't come uh, in. <laughs> uh, Otner and Khan, brother and sister, are having dinner at the Replimat. And Otner's like, What's happening with you and Dax? Yeah. Khan's like, well, What do you mean? She's like, Yeah, I saw her, uh, you guys, embrace when the wormhole was open for 23.4 seconds. Did you give you the horn? <laughs> And she's like, what? What the fuck are you talking what about? You, nobody talks like this. What are he's you like, <laughs> He's like, uh, I saw you together the previous night. She went to your quarters. No, he's asking her. Like, he's being real fucking cagey. Like, yeah, he's, he's, cause she says, uh, Dax thinks we should use like a class four probe cause it's the shields or whatever. And then... Because it's the dopest probe in the whole fucking fleet. Yeah, because it looks like a tiny little Death Star. It's cool. Or a Star Destroyer. Uh, and then and then, Otner is like, oh, Dax thinks so, huh? Like, he's being real shitty. And he's oh, like, Dax oh. Dax thinks so, huh? With her vagina? <laughs> With- <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> and, and, and he's like, when did you talk to Dax? And she's like, oh. Uh, Khan's like, oh, she came to my quarters. And then uh, Otner says something like, What'd you guys do? It's like so fucking yeah. shady. Like he's like, "Look, people are starting to notice how affectionate you two are towards each other, and you can't do this. This is against our whole society." Wink wink audience, wink wink. Wink wink audience. And then Khan just gets up and fucking leaves, which is the correct thing to do. Yeah, I I I I think everyone in this who's watching this who isn't a racist or a bigot is like Yeah, I'm, like, really annoyed by this right now. (laughs) Yeah, Otner's being a giant piece of shit at this point. He's being a dick. And, like, we as an audience want Dax and Khan to get together. We felt how they felt for each other at this point. Yeah. And, like, Otner being... Uh, standard television dude gets up and chases after her. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, though. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's not really who I am. <laughs> That's not... Anyway... I was uh, having a bad day. He's, I'm just fucking around, you know. I didn't mean to... had a gamer moment. I'm just... <laughs> oh, come uh, on. I'm sorry. Yeah. But he's like... Uh, he's he's apologizing with it. He's like, anyway, if you say nothing's going on then there isn't, then I believe you. Yeah. And Lenar is like there's nothing going on and she leaves. Yeah, but and she doesn't I'll... even believe that. No, he like looks at he like looks after she walks out like, "Oh, they're definitely touching." Why doesn't she like the taboo about a brother and sister? Why isn't that the one she wants? <laughs> That's really what this is on. Uh, uh right? you're half not related because of the symbionts, I guess. <laughs> Is that how genetics work? Stepbrother, stepsister. No, oh no, stepbrother, I'm stuck in the laundry machine. Oh no, stepbrother, I'm stuck in the wormhole. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Con just goes straight to Dax's quarters because she's so upset. I mean, this tells you everything. Like, who does she seek comfort in this immediately? Is, yeah, this is like... I, I had, like, a flashback to, like, college. I just had, like, this weird, like... Like she storms into the room and it was it's like it's like dorm rooms, man. It's like some oh, yeah. dorm room ass drama going on, right? Like I was like from the cafeteria shit. to the dorm room. Yep, yep. And Dax is like, you know, he she con tells Dax about like her brother and everything and what he thinks, and Dax is like, look, we shouldn't even be talking about this. Yeah, like we shouldn't be having this conversation. And Con says, look, if, even if we don't talk about it, it's not going to change our feelings. Yeah, this is like the interplay that where they're not, they're like they're beginning to not be on like the same page in a way. Like they love each other and they both want to be together, but it's interesting how Dax is like, "This is we shouldn't do this," and And Khan is switches. Yes, it switches later. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but, and it's tragic it's like uh, oh god it's so tragic it sucks man it's not like left at the airport moment in, yeah. in, which is really exactly what happens but like in any movie left at the uh, what did you call it the the docking port yeah the space ra- the space array <laughs> <laughs> but, this guy uh, called it the docking port Lenara do I have to remind you <laughs> That's her name, Lenara. You fool. <laughs> you, you utter imbecile. <laughs> you fucking plebeian. <laughs> but, uh, like, this is when Khan's like, look, even after all this time, I've, I've not gotten over you. Like, they're done using other people's names yeah, they're not... to hide behind. Right. Their feelings are their own, regardless of where they originated. And I mean, there's a great moment in this episode that... Because there are detractors to this episode who are like, oh, the only reason the two women can love each other is that one of them was a man in a previous life. But there is a moment in this episode when they're having dinner together earlier after Bashir leaves. And I should have pointed this out along the way, but where they have this whole conversation that ends with Khan realizing you and I, Jadzia and uh, Lenara... Yes. (laughs) Yes. Lenani. Lenani's <laughs> the old the old body. Lenara is I've the new. I've just been body. saying de- con for yeah. But the yeah. Po- the point is that it's not the symbionts' right. fault. Right. It's right. It's not. That like they have more in common than the previous couple ever, ever did. Yeah. And they have more that feeling is compounded because of the previous life they had together for sure, but that feeling is there regardless. Yeah. But this is the moment where, like, Dax tells Khan, like, that she missed her as well. Yeah. Like, we missed you so much. And they do this extremely sexual, like, not, I wouldn't say sexual, like, he, like very heated, passionate, like, lead up to yeah. finally giving in and kissing one another. And it's it's a moment that I'm sure prepubescent boys loved, but <laughs> as an adult... It is so, like... It's sweet yeah. and tender and beautiful. Yeah. It's a it, moment, like, we as an audience are finally, like, we're fully in on this relationship and we fully feel what they feel and we want them to succeed more than anything. Yeah, you can feel the weight, like, the anticipation and the waiting of the moment, like, yeah. and I think some of it, like, looking at it from, like, a historical television point of view, like... They they very much knew that this was maybe not history, but a big moment for Star Trek oh, and yeah. a, a big Absolutely. moment for television. Uh, but in the story, also it's it's a heavy, uh, heavily anticipated. You could feel it. It's it's they're just acting. It's, as, it's all it's you've great. wanted to happen since you started feeling for them. Yes, as they as they start to get closer together, it's like a. It goes beyond like a star-crossed lovers kind of thing. It's it's like a faded lovers. Yeah, there's a kind of there's thing. a lot there's a lot going on in this episode with like the Romeo and Juliet shit and the oh yeah, but also like like um, there's like a lot of Buddhism. There's a lot like you said like a lot of uh like fate like uh they're they're meant to be together like oh yeah they're, across they're, lifetimes they're meant yeah. to be together their their vibrations are like the same now it's like weird like just weird like faded like yeah magic right and and underneath it all there's this this weight hanging over it of the taboo and i mean yeah. that can be ascribed to the trill taboo just as hard as it can be ascribed to the taboo against like gay relationships lesbian right. relationships right we as an audience feel one more keenly than the other because we understand the real world that we live in. Yeah. And I think this is an episode where the metaphor works unbelievably well for the story because we understand exactly what's happening without any exposition being given to us. Yeah. The metaphor is, is I'd say better than just to compare it to the outcast again. Like I think it's better than that. And I think that one's good. Uh, But this one, uh, it's like, uh, it fits perfectly, for whatever reason. Like, I guess there's a bunch of reasons, but... uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. It's also, it stands so well as just a science fiction story as well. Mm -hmm. Like, just a romance that... um, I think if you took out the sort of uh, LGBTQ elements of the outcast it might not stand as well no on its own two feet yeah yeah. but i think this episode regardless has such strong writing for these characters that like it would stand on its own two feet regardless but it's it has so much more impact and so much more purpose by having the characters be in like a lesbian relationship yeah it's almost like like this is like a really big compliment. It's almost like Ray Bradbury esque in a way. Like it's just a will oh, that is a big compliment because I love that Ray Bradbury fella. That uh, guy is good. He's good at writing that science fiction, right? Like and, it's true. Uh, and it it feels like like a short story, like with like one of his morals. You know, like I, I don't yeah. know, I don't know why, but it just sort of does to me. I don't know. <laughs> Because it operates so well, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It, on its own internal logic, even, it operates extremely well. Yeah, he was, like, a the master of, like, just putting you in a situation and just being, like, here it is, right? And then imme- oh, yeah. immediately you're like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I, I understand I- this is also one of my favorite scenes. Like, that previous one is is my favorite scene of the whole episode because of the two of them finally confessing their feelings for one another is like a catharsis moment for everyone in the audience as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But this might be my second favorite part of the entire episode. It's the smooch. <laughs> uh, although when Dax goes to see, Dax needs help.
1: Yes. Di-
0: she's, her back is against the wall with the yes. situation, and she doesn't know where to go, but she immediately knows who to go to. She goes to see her best friend, Cisco. Yes. This is... This might be my favorite part. And Just because I love Captain Cisco. I, I, I love do love Captain Cisco, and I love their friendship so much, yeah. and I don't think it's showcased better anywhere than here. I think this is such a great yeah. moment, where... She's like, you know, what should I do? And Cisco's like, I don't think you should pursue the relationship. Yeah. Like, the risk for violating that taboo is too high. It means the death of Jedzia and the death of Dax. Yeah, and you kind of get mad at him because I mean, yeah. I I was like, fucking what? Like you you want him to be like, do what your heart says. You know? but that's he's and she she. Yeah. she Follows our reaction as well, where she immediately gets angry with him. Yeah, like she says, "I didn't come here for a lecture," and he he responds in such a way that even we as an audience are like kind of swayed in a way to yeah. understand where he's coming from. Where he says, "I I'm not giving you a lecture. What you came here for was advice." From your friend, and um, as your friend, that's what I'm giving. I'm giving you, yeah. And and she apologizes, yeah. which is like, yeah, I'm 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 sorry. You're right, yeah. but like, she describes her her feelings. She says, you know, like, I'm willing to throw everything away if I have to, mm-hmm. because I love her. And when when she says I love her, like Cisco's entire demeanor kind of changes. Yeah. He sighs deeply and he says, if I was in your position, I'd, I would want to be certain that I could pay that price before I did anything. Right. But I probably would. Yeah. And There's a moment at the end of this where he looks like he's crying. and it's, Yeah, he looks like he's about to, yeah. It's like you can't, like teach that shit like that's just incredible acting and it's an it's real like he really he really is there like he's he's Captain Cisco is a real guy in that moment oh yeah there there are so many moments when Avery Brooks just like he reaches through the screen and becomes like a, a like a Cisco a real person for a while that you really understand yeah, I, he's so good, dude. He really is. There's all so much that Shakespearean many, oh acting. Oh, my God. <laughs> so good. But he's like, you know what? If you choose to do this, I'll back you all the way. Yeah. And Dyke says... She has this great line. In seven lifetimes, I've never had a friend quite like you. Yep. And they hug, and it is a beautiful hug, and yep. I love it. It's great. It's so... Star Trek and it's so what you don't get now from Star Trek like just a simple conversation like yeah and it's it's one of the most important most like intense scenes of the entire episode and it's just two characters having a conversation about yeah. a romance even right. it's just it's just them talking and it's incredible like do that. <laughs> no, stupid dig up. Write that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back on the Defiant, they head out to reopen the artificial wormhole. Oh, yes. Yeah, my gonna send second the, favorite part. <laughs> they're going to send that cool-ass probe through it. <laughs> Wait, what could go wrong? And when they send it through it, the wormhole collapses immediately and just explodes. Yeah. Hull breaches. Deck 5's fucked. Plasma leaks in the engine room. Dr. Khan is down there. Hobgoblins throwing hobgoblin grenades. <laughs> Speaking of the hobgoblin, Michael Eddington is also down there. <laughs> man, you got me looking at him in like totally different ways, man. Like, Yo, know, here's. A, I want to talk about that in a second. Yeah. I do, I, like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, Jeff's going to have something to say about that in, oh, a, good, in a good way. I do. <laughs> the. Um, they can't contact the engine room so Dax immediately runs down she's like send a damage control team after me I gotta go get my wife yeah and she gets there Eddington is down on the ground there's a plasma fire that's being held uh like it's not being held in place at that point but Eddington and Dax work together to create a force field that you can walk on cool yeah, she like <laughs> surfs down this force field. I thought it was like yeah. a really cool for the time effect. I was like, oh, that's kind of yeah. Mad. I like that a lot. And they just green screen like a, a skateboard ramp, and then they're like, <laughs> I don't know, put like her on it. <laughs> Dax is just like, uh, our, Terry Farrell is like almost falling down it. Like, yeah, uh. yeah. It's it probably has like like green fucking skateboard tape on it, right? Probably. <laughs> but like um, the force field like turns off. Like, it, it, like, runs out of juice, and, like, she gets to con just in time, and they crawl into an emergency compartment to get away from the Talk about the fainting. amount of radiation that they just got exposed to. No doubt. Good thing that space <laughs> magic exists, because you would die the worst death ever in real life. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's like the Eddington days, but... is a, it, Eddington's a secret asshole yes! moment of yes! the episode. <laughs> if you watch... When yeah. Dax gets down to Con before the bear the um the force field shuts down, um, Eddington is like, "I'll keep it up as long as I can." But before Dax even gets down to Con, Eddington runs out of the fucking room and leaves them to die. Yeah, he cheeses it out of there. Like he's he's like, "I'll keep it on as long as I can," and then like halfway down, he just fucking cheeses it. Yeah, man, I would love to... He's trying to kill one of the most important officers on Deep Space Nine. I lo- I would love to know if all of this was thought about. I mean, I'm sure it was, right? Like, it had to yeah. be Like, there's no reason for him to run out of the room like that at that point. Well, it like, seems... Yeah, it seems like... like, like the like room th- is gonna expo- going to be vented, but only when they give the okay for it. So there's no reason for him to run out of the room like that. Yeah, yeah, I get, yeah, I, man, it seems like he's just sort of like a ding-dong, and they kind of play it like that, right, where Eddington's, and it's such clever television, because Eddington isn't always there, he's just sort of a reoccurring character, and you kind of associate him with being not as competent, in a way, right? You're kind of like, oh, it's Eddington, he doesn't, he doesn't think, like, outside the box, like the main characters do, but you're right, he could just be... He he could absolutely be sabotaging everything. And I mean, this out of all of my Eddington's The Secret Asshole moments, this one might be the one that would be e- most easily disproven. Yeah. But that's immediately where my mind went. When he's like watching her go down, and then when she's not paying attention to him anymore, he runs out. Yeah, you could say, I guess, like there's an argument to be made that he needed to go to the controls out there, or that he... Didn't want to or, get you know exposed. maybe he he was trying to get away from the radiation he yeah. was trying to get away from the venting like that's right. all sure that's all standard I could believe any of that but like knowing who Eddington is yeah that's a great little piece he, of evidence he's, that he was a secret asshole the whole he's time. he's certainly not going out of his way to risk his life let's put it no. that way at at best right yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And speaking of going out of their way to risk their lives, (laughs) we're gonna go out of your way so that you can risk your life and livelihood on the products in this commercial. I fucking, I did it, everybody! Oh my god! (laughs) We'll be right back after these messages. Man, you really ollied on that green screen ramp right there. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. Uh Up and hills, down and tails, as we hit the dusty trail, army heads, we go marching along. We are bad, we are boss, we've got guts that's twish and squash, army heads, we go marching along. Army heads. high, high. Welcome back to our fine program where we're just going to hop directly back into the episode. We're going to hop erectly back into it. At the While Dax and Khan crawl into an emergency compartment, the entirety of the engineering is vented into space. Can we call it what it is? Cozy smooch hole? <laughs> it is a cozy smooch hole. <laughs> Khan tells Dax, you know, like, I don't want to lose her again. And Dex says, you never will. You never will. Yeah. It's like, you, I don't know. Like, you kind of like, at this point, this is when I start to be like, well, obviously you're going to feel that way because of what just happened. And like, I don't know. Like, does that, does that matter? Are they distorting their feelings at this point? Cause I don't, I don't know. know, man. You know what I mean? I mean, like, they were already so like in love, right? Right. I know, but like, they they, dude. It's the it's tough to tough to know, because that near death experience. Like, I, I mean, guess there, like, there have been times in my life where I thought I was for sure in love, and I definitely was not. Uh, are you talking about me? Because you yeah. can not break up with me on the podcast I'm, right now. I'm that gonna break great. up with you on the podcast. Not nah, here we go again. It's uh, I I've, I've changed the passwords to the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just because I'm putting in one-third of the work of this relationship... This is, this is maybe too specific. <laughs> uh, Dax goes to visit Con in her quarters, and Dr. Otner's there, and he's like, Thanks for rescuing my sister. You guys can bone now if you want. Bye. <laughs> I totally won't be watching on this scanner. Ooh, that's a sister. That's a taboo we have. That's our taboo, not Trill. Trill don't care. Probably. (laughs) Once you get the worm in you, it's all fucks are given. It's it's different. You're a different person. Uh, Dax, of course, has a bottle of Rizian perfume with her. Mm. And she gives it to Khan. Would that even be like a thing that was like... Important, like I feel like that's like nah, a really I think touristy- nobody, nobody likes stinky people still, <laughs> yeah. Step. But, like, but I don't know. I thought I kind of think of Risey and perfume as like being like everywhere on Rise, like they sell it to suckers, right? Oh, yeah, who, for sure. Who come to Rise, they just give it to them, I guess, since there's yeah. no money, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they start to talk about what could have caused the accident, you know, fucking reverse. Flux inverters, too much air in the balloon, etc cetera, et cetera. Sure. And Khan's like, Oh, I'm so I'm so guilty because the Defiant got fucked up. Dax is like, ah, oh, you're just worrying about nothing, just like that one bitch you used to be. Wait a minute, I just had an epiphany. Okay. You got me in crazy Eddington conspiracy mode. Yeah. <laughs> What if he fucked it up on purpose? It could be, man. Like he he like fucked up the um probe specifically yeah. so that it would detonate when it went inside the when it went inside the wormhole. Yeah, and it fucks up engineering and like he was there. Like yeah, he, not he, that he, like he may have been trying to damage the defiant and it yeah. like it hit engineering by accident. Well, he yeah. certainly wouldn't want another wormhole like around the Maquis, right? No, like absolutely that not. That would create a bunch of attention to a bunch yeah. of stuff he didn't want to be seen. You're right. It was him, dude. Oh, my God. Secret, uh, this... noted secret asshole, Michael Eddington. <laughs> We're blowing this thing wide open, man. <laughs> Here's my question. Where is Scoops McGee with this information? <laughs> Scoops! What are you doing out there, Scoops? This, this is going to get you a job at the Federation Daily Planet. <laughs> the Federation regurgitator. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be on FNN, Federation News Network. Khan's like uh, I'm it's going to be a huge achievement. I need to go back to Trill and like go through all this information and it'll be like a great breakthrough in artificial wormhole creation. Yeah. Dax is like, "Well, you know, you could do your research here, at Deep Space 9 with me." Mhm. And I'm ready. They have this conversation, you know, like, "Are you ready to pay the price of exile?" Like, yeah. "Can you Give up the entire future of the the worm in your belly that you promised <laughs> to take care of when you were eighteen. <laughs> when you put it like that, uh... <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I'm not the most trill guy around <laughs> to be talking about. It. That's a very Vulcan way to look at it. Yeah, uh, deep in my heart, I am Vulcan in all ways, but physical, <laughs> I am Vulcan. <laughs> But, um, Dax is like, you know, I don't care what anybody else thinks, what we feel for each other is the important part, and Khan's like, look, I can't give up everything I've worked for, and the worm in my tummy. Yeah, this this. is where, like, the the insanity of, like, the love, and I'm gonna be Vulcan here too, uh, Dax... Is still sort of riding that high of almost losing not high, but like the adrenaline of almost losing uh Dr. Khan, right? Yeah, like she she like made her it feels like her decision was cemented in yes, that moment. It was cemented. And for Khan it was a more of a hold on a second, let's hit the brakes, right? So they're yeah. not on the same page again. Like they're it's, not it's switched. Yes. Which is an interesting way to do it, I think. Yeah, it's really neat. It's tragic. It's fucking tragic, man. Khan is like, you know, I want to return home to Trill, and I want to think about this before we make this giant step. I need time. And yeah. Doc says, if you, if you leave... She has that Casablanca line, like, if you leave on that transport tomorrow, we both know yeah. you'll never return. Frankly, Dr. Khan, I don't give a darn. I don't <laughs> give a ding-dang. I don't give a dig dang doodle. The next day... Worf escorts Dr. Prynne and Dr. Otner two important characters to the airlock on the promenade and he throws them out he grabs them by the scruff of the collar like a cartoon character and flings them in <laughs> get out of here And then a, they tumble. have a good like, trip <laughs> <laughs> they tumble into like a dust pile <laughs> it's weird I love it when you make cartoon sound effects <laughs> I should be a sound effects man but um, Dax is, like, watching, and Khan isn't with them, so she, there's this, like, look of, like, the sadness, but there's hope on her face. Yeah. But whenever Khan does arrive, she's just heartbroken. She's, like, crying, and, like, Khan finally looks back at up at her, and they, they share this moment of just sort of, sta- like, staring at one another with all their feelings yeah. out in the open. And then... Khan turns away and enters the airlock. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it's like a dagger through the heart, man. I remember being a, a, like, well, first of all, it ends with Rick Berman's giant name coming yeah. up. And I'm like, I and did I, this. And I, dude, right? And I remember being like, Oh, this sucks! <laughs> like I, <laughs> I like said it out loud. I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck! This is a shame. This hurts." It is painful, man. It's it's very much like any sad romantic movie where like you get so invested in this relationship and seeing yeah. it just torn asunder tears you asunder. Dude, it's uh. It's real as fuck, man. There's there's a lot going on and we could spend a, a two three podcasts talking about what's going on. Like there's so much emotion and like realness to this. Like I, I again, oh, anyone yeah. who's maybe it's just my old man like longing for nostalgia and previous loves or whatever. Like, you know, you, you always have that in the back of your mind, like when you used to love somebody and it, you remember how it felt, it like tattoos itself on its, on your brain. Right. Like, yeah, it, it, uh, it's just very real and it's, it hits, it hits home. And I think that that's important too, to, to, like the 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 message of the the metaphor is that like they're two women it doesn't matter they're it's re- they're really in love like their love is like love yes. is love is the is yes. the entire point of this episode and like the only thing that's keeping them from being with one another is a societal like taboo bullshit absolute horseshit societal idea of what love is supposed to be and what love isn't. Yeah, I mean, just I like- can only imagine the feelings of someone who actually is gay, who, like, society has destroyed their relationship in the past watching this. Like, we feel it keenly because we feel their love and we feel that nostalgia for lost loves. Yeah. And that's a whole other level for a person who's really experienced society destroying right. a love. Yeah, I can't. I I can only imagine that That it's a lot, a lot, a lot of LGBTQ plus people who watch this episode will will feel that way. I wanted to sort of talk about like because I know that there's maybe like younger people who don't really understand, like, how little people talked about being gay in the 90s. <laughs> it's, it, in, in the, like, early 90s, the only yeah. time people being gay was brought up when it was a punchline. It was a joke, or, yeah, the, you were being called a slur, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, uh, it, it's not like it was now. Like, honestly, like, pre-internet, 1995. I know AOL. We were just talking about AOL, but AOL was around. But people people weren't talking in public about this. There were always areas like right, like like really cities, and they had like their like the affiliated the neighborhood, right? Like all, all that was around. But in like normal conversation in that time, people did not discuss this. No, I just mean, as, as like, a little side note to this, you were talking about 1995 and the manner in which gay people were treated on television. Yeah. In 1997, Alan DeGeneres came out as gay on her sitcom, and it was canceled. Yeah. I remember. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> like, like, that's... Can you imagine now? That, yeah, can you imagine like, that? There was such a giant backlash against... Ellen DeGeneres revealing herself as gay, that her show was ripped from the airwaves. I, dude, it's... (laughs) And, like, the before that, there was uh, a lesbian marriage on Friends. Yeah. But it's treated like a sideshow act. Like, it's supposed to be something you're gawking at and laughing at, because Ross is such a loser, he lost his wife to a woman. That's, That's right. And that's he didn't right. realize his wife was gay. Yeah, what a what a cuck, right? <laughs> that's like, the that's the thing they say, huh? Yeah, I mean, in 1994, there were um, contestants on the Real World San Francisco who were gay. Yeah, um, but, I mean, 90% of the show was, like, the homophobic other people in the show reacting to them. So. Well, it was, uh, yeah, he, uh, well, I forget his, god damn, what was his name? But he had AIDS. Uh, Zamora. Pedro, uh, Pedro Zamora. Sasser and Pedro Zamora. Yeah, they, he, di- he died of, of AIDS, like, a couple years after it. Yeah. So it was, like, kind of a double whammy, right? Like, like not only do you have, like, a gay, like, cast member, but you have them living... With somebody who had HIV, which at the time, holy shit, dude! Like, yeah, that there was a lot of backlash to that as well. Like MTV just didn't give a fuck. No, MTV so they kept it uh, a one. I will give credit to MTV for that. I do not appreciate MTV creating the uh, uh, reality TV nonsense no, that we all live no, in now. <laughs> but, but yeah, back in the day, man, MTV like was pretty cool about some of that stuff. Like, not everything, but some of it they were they were pretty good about. And uh Yeah, man. I mean it was like what, it was like two or three years earlier than that, like that kid got kicked out of school because he had HIV, and he, he yeah. got it from, like, a blood transfusion and shit, no, right? Nobody like, cared at that time. Like, yeah. the, the AIDS panic was, like, still in full swing at that point. Like, they were coming yeah. to our school and explaining to us what AIDS and HIV was. Oh, they they were full propaganda in AIDS oh, yeah. back, back when we were kids, for sure. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, you got movies like Kids, which scared the shit oh, out of yeah. you. I think it's important to point out, because there are people across the pond who have been screaming at the show, probably already sent an email in by now, because I was talking about the first gay kisses on American television. Yes, there were, yeah. I think it's important to point out that on the uh, UK show EastEnders, in 1989, they had the Mm -hmm. first lip-to-lip gay kiss on British television, and it was two dudes. Yep. And it took us until 2000. Yeah, ten years, eleven years later. Yeah, and it's a totally different. I I, 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 always gonna. I feel like I'm putting on like my grandpa glasses here again and being like, like we, I, we as Americans in '95, there was no way to watch British television. Like there, we didn't have British no. television. No, <laughs> like, that wasn't know, a thing. Yeah. Like in 1995, the best you could get was like a Monty Python. Yeah, maybe Are You Being Served or like something on PBS. Benny Hill was on PBS. Yeah, yeah. Benny Hill was on Comedy Central, I remember. Yes. It was on After School. Talking about shows that were very sensitive about issues. <laughs> Benny Hill yeah. was a lot... Yeah, Benny Hill was real uh, real politically correct. It was just a show about chasing after women in their underwear. Fake boobs? British people love fake boobs. <laughs> I don't mean like fake... So like, I mean like legitimate strap-on fake boobs. Yeah, very funny. So Very fun. high class, hilarious. I I don't have anything against Benny Hill. Um, <laughs> nah, Benny, Benny Hill's whatever. Yeah, I still <laughs> love uh, somebody running around the yakety sacks. <laughs> I will still love that forever. <laughs> um, this episode though, um, I mean, you know, you can point fingers and be like, "Oh, well, it's the lesbian kiss." Of course, it was. Well, you're right. That's Unfortunately, how network television works, but I think people forget the genuine, like deeply heartfelt love story of like lost and regained and then lost again love that this episode represents. I I'd put this up there with any like tragic romance. Yeah, it's super tragic. Uh, two tragedies in a row. I'm about done with tragedies. Um, I, I think our next episode is Light and Airy, so... Wait, what is it? It's Enterprise. What? Yeah, I lied. I forget. I remember thinking it's not great. <laughs> it's Stigma. Oh, it's Sim. It's, not, it's Sim, right? Uh, stigma is the name of the episode. Yeah. I, I remember. Yes. I think you're right, but... Yeah, it's yeah, not it's not a happy go lucky episode. This one's like uh The Outcast. It's very similar. Yeah. With the um, third the the third gender. Yeah, this is an episode that I'm really not looking forward to watching because I genuinely don't like that episode. So, it's tough. It's a tough one. Archer's a pretty big dickhead in this yeah, one. Yeah, Archer is so against his own characterization yeah. in that episode, but we'll talk about that next time. Yeah. Um I think I gotta give it up to uh, Terry Farrell and Susanna Thompson, who do an amazing job of, like, conveying genuine feelings and drawing us into their relationship. Yeah, it's incredible. And I I think the trill have a backwards ass taboo that doesn't particularly fit into Star Trek, but I understand exactly why it was necessary to do that in order to get this great story out of it. It would be interesting to return to that and and um, I mean they kind of they kind of talk about it a little bit later with Esri, right? Because Ezri's. On the station with Worf, right? And yeah, isn't that some horse shit? Well, like, he doesn't have a symbiote, right? So I guess, yeah, I like, guess. but it's well, no. the The taboo is definitely that you're just not allowed to have a relationship with someone you used to have a relationship with. Yeah, it's I didn't. Yeah, I know. And I, I, the, they don't. So that's fine. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> sort of don't. Yeah, they fuck. Spoilers. There's two swords involved, and they fuck. Yeah, okay, that is horse shit, you're right. Um. <laughs> but, like, maybe it's, maybe it would be it would be really neat for them to go into, like, a, well, society is a little different now because of the war, like, kind of like after World War II, like, it took a little bit, but eventually, like, people started to get over some of these fa- phobias oh. and taboos, right? Like, yeah, you're right. You know I, what I mean? I, I just came up. To um, a little bit of information about Michael Pillar is the one who created the taboo regarding Trill and their former lives. Oh, so he's an evil Trek bigot. <laughs> um, this makes sense, actually. Okay. At least from like a fucked up kind of point of view, where you're trying to control your um, society. Yeah. Uh, Pillar said uh, he felt that they would have a very strict taboo in order to avoid an aristocracy of the joint. I guess. Otherwise, you. they would only want to hang out with each other, their dear old friends from five hundred years ago, and it would yeah. become a really screwed up caste society. It becomes like a Habsburgian monarchy at that point, right? You're just in. You're you're inbreeding, not really, but you're inbreeding in terms of like the symbiotes, right? Like. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's, that's actually really clever. I have to agree. Like, I understand where it comes from now, and I find that to be really clever. I understand yeah. how it developed now. I still think, of course, that it uh, probably needs to be abolished. Well, it's, it's... Yeah. It's like the Jedi, right? Like, it's like the don't get attached to anybody, but, like, at the same time, like, that's not teaching you how to deal with those feelings. Like... Eventually, you're going to get an Anakin Skywalker who's going to turn into Darth Vader, right? Like you're sure. just you're just sweeping it under the rug. You gotta you gotta teach these kids how to fucking handle this shit. You can't just be like, don't love anyone. That's crazy. So it's crazy. Like you can't control who someone loves. I think yeah. that is um, an important message for uh, America and the world, but yeah. is also an important message in this episode. I will um, say this, do yourself a favor and don't care who someone loves. Your life will be so much better. <laughs> who cares? It's just, it's just love is love, man. Let people be with whoever they want to be with. Why does it fucking bother you? I had I I was thinking about like the uh well the the argument that it's like, well, it's a lesbian kiss and I, I don't know. I feel like don't like feed into that narrative. Call call them out on it. Be like, "Yeah, it's a lesbian kiss." Do more lesbian kisses, right? Like, like, why, uh, why limit the, 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 this? why, like, what am I trying to say? Like, why back up the stigma that a lesbian kiss is not as important as, like, a male-to-male gay kiss or anything else, right? I guess like, it's true. I guess it's very true. Call them out on it. Be like, yeah, f- be proud of it. Yeah, it's a fucking lesbian kiss, motherfucker. So I, what? Uh, I finally got down to the reception part of this, which is what I was looking for. And um, according to Ronald D. Moore, some people felt betrayed and didn't want to see this episode in their homes. and affiliate down south actually cut the kiss from the broadcast. The entire scene. <laughs> in the south, you say, huh? Mm, shocking. Well, that's weird. I, I do love... Uh, Writer Renee Echivadia said, My mother was absolutely scandalized by the episode, shocked and dismayed. She told me, I can't believe you did that. There should have been a parental guidance warning. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So stupid. stupid, It is so fucking stupid. Renee Oster recollected that a man called the show and complained that the you're ruining my kids by making them watch two women kiss like that. It Mm -hmm. was a production assistant who took the call. After hearing the man's complaint, the PA asked if the man would have been okay if for his kids to see one woman shoot the other. When the man said he'd be okay with that, the PA said, You should probably reconsider who's messing up your kids. (laughs) oh my god uh so this episode needs a score at the end of the day I'm I'm leaning toward like an 8.5 here's the thing I'm thinking this is a 9 I was gonna say 9 alright 9 I'm, I'm thinking this is a 9 out of 10 episode, which is, this is Deep Space Nine, right? This is saying something. Yeah, there's a lot of 9 out of 10 Deep Space Nine episodes. There's a yeah. few 10 out of 10, there's like one 10, ep- for me anyway. Yeah, there's, there's, a- there's a few 10 out of 10 episodes yeah. of Deep Space Nine, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Under a Paper Moon. Um, yes, the Pale the, Moonlight for me. Under, yeah, Pale Moonlight. Like, Anything with moon in it is a 10 out of 10. Moon is a 10 out <laughs> 10. Like there are some ten out of ten F episodes. I'm I'm gonna say this is a nine out of ten episode. I yeah I agree with that. That's I I, yeah. I have never been so involved personally and emotionally in a television show romance before. Yeah. It throws you in there. Uh, I, I gotta admit, I was not looking forward to watching it just because I remembered. I was oh, like, "It's a dagger through the heart, man." I was like, "Well, I'm gonna go watch a 45 minute sad fucking marathon right now." <laughs> <laughs> and even. There's a magic to this episode as well, where even after you've seen it before and you know the dagger is hanging above your soul, sort of Damocles, yep, yeah, waiting to sort of Damocles its way down. You still feel the all the emotions that lead up to it keenly. It's a roller coaster. you still feel all of the happiness at the reuniting, all of the, like, nervousness before it, all of, like, the fear and the highs and the lows, and then you feel the cut, and yeah. it's deep. It It's, yeah. Yeah, it's rough, man. It's so good, though. Like, you gotta... Everything uh, acting is just, it's incredible. Every Everybody in this episode, I think Bashir's like the weakest part of the episode. And Bashir's playing like a comedy role in yeah, this he's episode, just a, he's so it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, this episode is so heightened by like the scene with Sisko and Dax like discussing everything. Like, she goes to her best friend for advice and maybe she doesn't like the advice he gives, Yeah, but she still appreciates it and you know, he he does that great best friend thing. No matter what you do, I'll be behind you. Yeah, he's a real good friend. And that strengthens these two main characters' relationship in a way that maybe we hadn't gotten up until this point, at least on the same level, I think. Yeah, this is... Uh, like, they kind of come out and just are like, they're friends, right? But this really demonstrates that. Like, you see why. Oh, yeah. And it, it builds on the idea that, like, you know... In, in, like, the, the adventures that we don't see of this of this crew, maybe there's more of that going on with Dax and Cisco, right? Where they're like, oh, like, they demonstrate how they're really good friends more. Yeah, you know? when it's not, like, a life or death situation. Yeah, you have to remember, like, these people are, like, scientists and starship captains, right? Like, they're not always, like, talking about their feelings with one another. They also are like, hey, let's be serious. Like, you know? Like, I think that's... It's like, great that they can as well. Yeah, like, it is. Boy, yeah. that's something... When I go to my boss, if I had a boss, it'd be like, right. hey, I got some emotional issues I'd like to talk to you about. Probably not. Well, you could go to me, but then you'd probably just fire me for knowing too much about you. You're, you're my boss in this situation? Wouldn't you fire me? No, I'm not your boss, but I'm your... Uh, like it's like if you're I my, was you're my business partner, I guess. Yeah, like if <laughs> I was I'm like Wharf or and you're we're the same rank. Thinking so. of this as a business is fucked. It's funny. <laughs> Isn't that it funny? <laughs> it's like what are we doing? I guess we make money and we have to report it to the tax fucking collectors. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um no, I mean, I'm sure there are some people who would disagree with this uh, this number, that like nine out of ten, but yeah. um, I don't give a fuck. I'll tell you what would be more offensive to me personally, besides the the lesbian kiss, uh, Keiko and O'Brien kissing. <laughs> I have to watch this woman kiss a potato. <laughs> it's a completely unnatural scene. <laughs> we need a cultural taboo about kissing the Irish. I'm Irish, everybody. It's fine. It's you fine. have so many eyes, O'Brien. She calls him <laughs> O'Brien. <laughs> she calls her husband O'Brien. O'Brien. <laughs> Classic. That's canon for yeah. this show, I think, from now Not, on. It's, I know we've heard her say Miles like thousands of times. No, no, she calls him O'Brien. <laughs> and they handshake before they go to bed. <laughs> separate beds (laughs) (laughs) like fucking 1950s good night dear handshake good night sweetheart um (laughs) what do you think about this episode audience at home tell us uh you can shoot us an email at mclass email at gmail.com and tell us all about it because uh i'm I'm very interested to know uh, who's a trek bigot out there (laughs) Oh, well, I, I, you know, I think we've called the bigots. I think we've... I think so. We've separated the wheat from the chaff, as they say. Huh. Um, I don't know anything about wheat. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know whether to reveal something about that on this podcast or not. I'll tell you later. About wheat? About wheat, <laughs> about oh, wheat and uh, chaff. Okay, I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. All right, I got you. The, uh... I will say, stand out... Performance, especially in this episode by Terry Farrell, like, you feel what she feels very keenly. Yeah. Um, Eddington is a secret asshole, and I'm gonna keep pointing it out every time there's an episode with it. You really got me, like, looking for Eddington (laughs) shit now. I kind of want to watch the show through again just to, like, see all the Eddington shit and just write it down in, like, a slam book. A slam book? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna hide it under the second shelf in the library on the first. No everybody knows so you gotta you gotta if you have anything to say about Eddington write it in the slam book Eddington Slam book. Yeah if you'd like to write in to us about Eddington break into Josh's house, go to his office and yeah. find that particular slam book and write it in there. We'll find it. <laughs> He's got so many slam books. <laughs> This dude's got a slam book about everything. Allie McBeal! <laughs> Yo, I could talk for hours about stupid Allie McBeal. <laughs> Single female lawyer Single having female. lots of sex. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite show! <laughs> Why doesn't the, the biggest one, Ross, simply devour the other one? <laughs> uh, this is the end of the program. Goodbye. <laughs> I would like to thank Vitizen for the use of his track "Outer Space Race" for our title uh, music. We appreciate you, Vitizen. Everybody, head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Bandcamp, or wherever better music is found, and pick up some of that Vitizen goodness. V i d a z e n. Mhm. Uh, like to thank everybody over at Patreon.com/slash/MClassPodcast. Where for as little as a dollar... He's just whistled for Lassie? <laughs> Where for as little as a dollar a month, you gain access to behind-the-scenes posts, uh, new uh, wallpaper art, which, again, I, I noted last time, if you don't follow us on Twitter, you probably don't know that I make a piece of art for every episode of M-Class Podcast. Yeah, you, get it's, that? you gotta fucking... Yeah, you gotta check it out. Check this shit out! What are you doing? You can find it at Patreon.com/slash/MClassPodcast, and for a few dollars more, good movie. Boom, boom, boom! <laughs> That's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. For a few dollars more, you get access to other podcasts, like a brand new episode of Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit went up about a week ago, where we talk about The Witcher. Spoiler spoil alert! Spoiler it for real. Yeah. And uh, also, you gain access to commentary tracks, like we've done tracks for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Super Mario Brothers movie, Beastmaster Two, Rumble in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. It's a great series. It's great. Uh, We're going to be doing a new commentary track soon about a movie chosen by you, our patrons, at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. (laughs) (laughs) By the time this goes up, we'll probably have already chosen it. I don't know. Probably. Go check. Go check. If you were there, though, you would have known. And in the future, you can be a part of more of the deciding yeah. if you go there now. absolutely. Uh, you can decide what episodes we watch in these collections. Pizza Man suggested this collection, and our patrons voted on it. It won, and now we're doing it. Yeah, here's the thing. If you're a patron, it ties a string to our hands, and you're the puppet master, and you can make us do shit. You are the true master of puppets that Metallica was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. For as little as a dollar a month. That's cheaper than Napster. That's, that's very much cheaper than Napster now. Napster's still a thing. Really? Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. How the fuck is it still a thing, right? You know, they're not um, sponsoring us, but big shout out to the Shonen Jump app for phones and tablets. Yeah. It's two dollars a month and you get a hundred free chapters to read of anything they have what? a day. A day. They're not sponsoring us, but I'm on Audible and I love it. Yeah, Audible's it. great. Like, it's totally worth it. <laughs> like seriously. Like, I, I sat and over four days read the entirety of Dragon Ball. Like yeah. from beginning to end. Not Dragon Ball Z, I mean, but like yeah. all the way up until Goku goes off to get married. I read. Dude. Amazing. And now I'm going to do the same thing with Yu Yu Hakusho. That never ends. No, it's way shorter. <laughs> one Piece is the one that never one ends. One Piece, and I could, yeah. I could do that too. It's on there. And, All uh, of One Piece is on there. Is Inuyasha? <laughs> no, I okay. don't think so. Inuyasha was a um, shoujo. It wasn't a shounen. It was for girls. So? Because they still... Well, it's not on the Shonen Jump app then, is it? Fucko. They're well, different I magazines. I want to watch it. You can. We can't watch anything. I like want to watch the story. <laughs> oh, When he gets like this, I'm just going to have to give him the tranquilizer I dart. I need a Snickers! <laughs> uh, what else? Yeah, shoot us an email. mclassemail at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at mclasspodcast where you can... Get a 3 a.m. tweet that I figured out that we have a community tab on Patreon for the Amazing. first time in four years. Amazing! <laughs> I do love that David S posted on it today. He, he posted, Well, yeah, this thing, I guess it still exists. And then Yakub <laughs> responded, Hey, Jeff. <laughs> so I just responded, Hey, fellas. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. I love our fans. Yeah. Become one at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. You get access to a Discord full of these cool folks, and they all love Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Star Trek, my favorite manga. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Mclass Podcast. We'll be back in one week with more Mclass Goodness. So bye-bye. Bye, butts. <laughs> I'm mentally ill.